done whole parts. They take little tiny pieces. There won't even be a scar. I think I found the problem. Oh, come on, you're the doctor. Everyone, lights out and quiet. Hello, and welcome back to the Columbia University Film Festival interview series here on the Medium Work. Up first, a conversation with the writer, director, and lead actor of Ethnic Slut, a quick-paced comedy depicting the foibles of online dating for a 20-something Cuban-American man in Brooklyn. Without further ado, here's Wes to take us in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Media Morgue, uh, where movies come to be examined. I am your host, Wes. I'm Justin. I'm Danny. I'm Zach. And today we have... Chris. Chris Blanco. (laughs) And what's your movie, Chris? You got to say your movie, Uh, Chris. Sorry, no, I just got stuck because I was thinking of if you guys had a one name, like, you know how they do couples names? Like, if you and Justin mm. were a couple, you'd be Wustin. I was thinking of how to do that for all of your names. With everybody? Yeah. I mean, that's 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 Man. that's a great, I mean. Z- yeah, Wustinac. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, my bad, my bad. Okay, so uh, I was building up to it. I was going to say it at the end of whatever I said, but it's fine. Um, so my film is called Ethnic Slut. And I have the log line that's on my Vimeo right in front of me. So I don't want to fuck it up. So here it is. In the midst of an identity crisis, Laz, in parentheses, slut, uses his Cuban ethnicity to snag a date with a woke white couple who have a not-so-secret ethnic fetish. I remember when Chris was looking for an actor for this and he asked if I knew anybody. And I was like, sure, send me like the description." (laughs) and and he was like yeah uh so and then he tried to explain it to me and i was like all right all right i I got it it." but the actor you actually ended up getting for 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 the role you were trying to fill is is really wonderful i thought he was he was he was really great Um, thank you yeah he he really was great he he uh he really uh he feels real you know what i mean it's almost like he really is like that i hope he's not but it feels like he might be (laughs) <laughs> um, where did no, this idea he's... come from, Chris? Um, so, truth be told, I wrote a completely different short that I won the, the a grant for from school about like two little kids, two little Cuban kids. One of them, you know, is whitewashed and hates his background and wants to be like white, and then the other one just came from Cuba. And, you know, it's like both of them coming together to do this thing, whatever. And then I, it's based in Miami. It's a whole thing. I got $5,000, not like 50. So I was like, I can't do this. So last minute, mm. uh, I was trying to brainstorm and maybe salvage salvage this thing and make something out of it because I'm more of a writer. I didn't really care about directing. And uh, our mentor, Blair Singer, me, me and Wes were in, in the, the same – thesis class that's our boy and he was like write something that you're in that's like your thing (laughs) it's your wheelhouse you're not going to maybe get to direct something for a long time or ever so just (laughs) do do the yeah blair blair's a he's a real positive that sounds like him that sounds Uh, like him yeah yeah. he believes in me and he was like (laughs) being your thing and you know i started thinking and then yeah you know i i've made a lot of new friends and it's introduced me to a lot of new worlds here in Brooklyn and um it got me thinking about how boring and like bland I am as an individual so I decided to make fun of 
that. Hmm. Well, you're not bland as an individual, Chris. And I actually, thank you. I'm sure these guys have filmmaking questions as well, but you know, it's funny you say you're not really a director because of watching this, you know, there, a lot of the films are visually distinct in the way of like some of them are shot on films and them have interesting right, right. color palettes, but in terms of the film language that you're using, there's no other film that I've seen since maybe like the African desperate, which came out like early last year that like looks like your film. Um, and where did you come up with that? Uh, like where, where did the idea to kind of, uh, almost turn the film into like a social media board where you would be writing on the actual frames and stuff. Um, to, to be honest, I, I was like, I want to make this. Well, I mean, so there's like a, there's an app at the center of this thing. So I was like, I don't want to just have him on the, on his phone because Mm -hmm. that's boring and nobody wants to see that. And I was very tempted to do that. But then I thought, oh, you know, why not just bring that? I could do whatever I want if I'm directing this thing. Why not just have it be in front of them and then mm. figure it out and post? It was mm. it was also the need to have like something to differentiate my my film also. Like I wanted to have a thing. So I'm like, okay, let's stylize it. Let's let's be in this guy's head, like for real, for real. Yeah. So that's really where it came from. Cause it's like so rooted in this one guy and the way that he's seeing everything at all times and yeah. what he's feeling yeah. and stuff. Yeah. The, the style definitely comes through. One of the things that uh, struck me immediately is how bright everything yeah. is. There's like, there's really no, and I think, I mean, the movie looks great. And I think that also pays dividends at the end in that whole, obviously, very awkward, you know, sexual encounter where it's like, usually we we like to see, we we turn down the lights, if not off when we're, when we're you know, sometimes to set the mood, right? We yeah. set an atmosphere of kind of like <laughs> dimness. And, but I think by keeping everything like very bright and like, there's no hiding, there's no shadows, like you're forced to experience how painful this is for uh for um uh laz and um how awkward the whole thing is and i I think it's it's awesome um that was one of the the visual aspects that really struck me i also want to say like you know at the risk of exposing myself in my own time on dating apps i thought this was such an interesting angle because it it can (laughs) kind of feel it can kind of feel like you are missing out on something Mm. if, if like that, you know, you're reading people's descriptions and they're like, no, you know, no straight cis men or whatever, whatever. Like that, that was an interesting angle to come at it with. And then to have this character who finds a way or tries to find a way to kind of game the game, you know, to game the system mm-hmm. by, you know, getting the nose ring and uh, and just deciding, all right, let me turn up this Cuban uh, aspect of myself. I'm not going to ask you if this comes from a real experience yeah. or anything, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I just, I did want to, I'll never tell. Um, but I, I did want to commend you on, uh, the visual language and how I think it complements, um, what the story is, is saying. I think it's dope. Thank I want to piggyback on that mention of the sex scene, Justin. I think watching mm-hmm. this short is kind of a great foil to the sex scene discourse that you see all the time on social media about how, you know, we should do away with them and they're never, uh, they never add anything. Right. Like, you know, a movie like super bad, for example, like mm-hmm. this is a sex scene that is so funny and yet like 
is kind of the like culmination of everything that the story has been building towards. It was like a mm-hmm. sex scene that's like literally and, and figuratively, you know, a climax um, and kind of like <laughs> ties the whole thing together. Like I just loved how the sex scene is like what this is all building towards. And it's so well written when she's like telling you, you're, you're like Ricky Ricardo or like the guy upstairs <laughs> is the bongos, you know, um, the Aladdin was the first character I was ever, I ever wanted to fuck, you know? Um, yeah, God, this, this screenplay is really, really funny. I just have to, I just have to say. There's also great, there's a lot of great visual gags throughout yeah. and the, the decision to subtitle the nonsense she said after mm. she has said it in <laughs> Spanish, <laughs> she's speaking it like she said something and then you put it up on the screen afterwards. No I, that was, <laughs> was probably no my favorite part. I really like that. <laughs> Um, I, I had a question. I mean, I could ask you, you know, or I could uh, give an insightful question or, you know, something like that. But I really I want to know what it was like for you to film that uh, the nude scene at the end. I just want to know, like, what that experience was like for you. You know, uh, I, I'm really curious about stuff like that. There's no way you had a permit, right? To be walking <laughs> to do the nudity in public. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. So I didn't start off that um you know pun intended ballsy right like i had like gotten this uh nude underwear Mm -hmm. but most nude underwear are like a much lighter tone than i am right so Mm. like i i put the thing on and it looked weird on camera we had planned to like have it blur out Mm -hmm. but then the blur didn't blur like Mm -hmm. like soon enough you know so you'd see still too much and then Peer pressure. My friends were like, "You gotta show your ass. You have you to show your do ass." It. And <laughs> then we did really a qu- quick Google. As long as I wasn't completely nude, partial nudity on the streets of uh, New York City or mm-hmm. is is legal, which nice. is, probably explains Man. a lot of what you see during the summer on the on, right. you know on the you, sidewalk. You hear that? You hear that, Justin? You're good. <laughs> You're good, Jay. And. And that's all to say that um, uh, my roommate and Scripty helped me strap a Carhartt beanie that I'm wearing okay. in my front area. Uh-oh. And then I had a really robe. Nice. I took it off. I walked. Five minutes later, some big Brooklyn dude, some nice. big, big dude came out of his uh, apartment because he saw it and he was not happy. <laughs> he he yeah. was he didn't think it was as funny as everyone I've shown it to. Wait, what he neighborhood were like, you in? What's going on here? Uh, that'll do it yeah 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 brooklyn people are unforgiving yeah no he he was he was not happy how many passes on the script did you do chris you know i i special and my special thanks it's like it looks like a like all like a book because um i i had to mention everyone in my thesis class um Hmm. because they must have read that script like at least 15 times i must have written rewritten it i don't know like 30 like i was just like over and over just cranking out new things whether it be jokes characters also was going back and forth between actors and it was tough for me to cast that um the the guy in the the couple Mm -hmm. um role uh (laughs) so i had to rewrite it for the dude that i ended up casting who is her actual boyfriend in real life Oh wow! Um, I, which I figured okay. she was slipping him some tongue that felt like there was just like yeah. more than necessary, <laughs> like for us two strangers. And I was like, I think they're. I actually did. I did look 
uh, her up and I found like she's pretty big. Like she has quite a following on Instagram. And I think she does stand up comedy, right? And does a lot of she things does. with him. Yeah, yeah. And that's like a thing they do now. But her whole thing was like dating comedy. You know, that was like her gimmick. Mm. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I wrote it with her in mind because I knew I wanted to write. I, I wanted to hit up a bunch of like local, like Brooklyn, New York comedians for the role and for the roles. Yeah. And she said, yes. I was like, Oh, what the, that's crazy. Um, so I was like, I was like, I was like on a high, I was like, shit. Yeah. She liked my script, whatever. And then I got, I thought the, the, the guy's role was going to get snagged up quickly, but for one reason or the other, I sent it out to like a bunch of people. It, It got really complicated and she kept pushing her boyfriend. I'm like, Please, I know what you're doing. Wait, enough, enough, enough. Yeah, enough. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't, you didn't want to cast him? No, because he, he, uh, the stuff I saw him do, he played like a similar kind of dude that I usually play. And I'm like, he's not going to be able to do the uh. role. I had written the role with like kind of a specific type in mind. And uh, yeah. he just wasn't that. Then we did like a Zoom thing. And I saw his – he had like this fuckboy kind of smirk to him that he would do after yeah. he said things. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, you're a fuckboy. And right, then I right. rewrote it with that in mind. He, and the, he has a punchable face, That's but it cool. works for the role. <laughs> yeah. It works That's for the great. role. You, you have to – I think when you're casting a script like this, which is like – obviously satirizing a lot of like social, you know, interactions. Brooklyn people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You have to, we can be honest. You have to find someone who's game to be the butt of the joke. Mm. Right. And I think that I imagine that's part of the challenge um, as well uh, when it, when it comes to casting, but I think everyone, even, you know, down to like the bartender and and your first date in the movie, everyone just seemed keyed in and, and so good. They got it. Yeah. Yeah, They're all great they're like really good and and jenny and eric just like absolutely killed it also shout out to a filmmaker we've already interviewed felix von Kahn. yeah no in i know the background of one of the uh, oh yeah the background of one of the shots i also noticed in yeah, that shot the, like howard ratner like cut out yeah. from uncut jam from the background <laughs> i got and that poster in, in my room that design and, and chris is in the in the first shot of felix's film he wa- he's walking with his Walkman, it's and true. then gets that's right. His clothes true. stolen by the devil, which is, I guess, your two for two, Chris. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Wow. That's the real Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, and Chris, if you're not familiar, we on the Media Morgue, we're a double feature podcast. We like to connect films when we review them based on thematic similarity, visual similarity, anything like that. Uh, if you were to pair your film in a program. Uh, someone said, "Hey, you can play your film and then this other film before or after it. What would it be?" It's okay if you have multiple answers. Usually, people do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a like a like a feature. It could yeah. be another short if you want. It could be you know from any time. It could be mm. just any other kind of film touchstone. This is a good question. Hmm. All right. All right. Now, now I'm I'm upset you didn't tell me the question before when you said you were gonna ask me this. Now, it's part of the fun. Part of the fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> huh. Okay. I think. I mean, this is a a, a canceled uh, a person for all, and I'm I'm with the cancellation of of this human being. But I really, I really was, and always have been inspired by by Annie Hall. Okay. Uh, ah. 
and the inception of this idea, I was uh, re-watching it uh, because my girlfriend ne had never watched it. And I'm like, this is a really good film and we should not be robbed of this amazing mm -hmm. piece of art because this guy is disgusting. So we watched it and then there's that scene where he goes over yeah. to Annie's family's house to meet them and the grandmother, he's talking about the grandmother being an anti-Semite. And when she looks back at him, he's in full like Hasidic, you know, <laughs> garbs and the hat and the beard and everything. And I was like, that is so good. And I thought about me in like, you know, in like a communist Fidel Castro costume. And I was like, I, yeah, it's like the first time I've ever thought like a story's inception came out of like a, vi like a visual thing. Cause I, I usually don't think like that. And, uh, so that would, that would be, uh, uh, one that I would like to, to pair, cool. I, I guess. Cool. Reminds me a lot of "Sorry to Bother You." Yes, also. yeah. Very yeah. Boots Riley and its uh, execution. Yeah. 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 So, well, yeah, that that movie is that's true. Amazing. A little bit of early Noah Baumbach minus the. It's about like I feel like your movie satirizes the people that he's like really interested in. Like he's always <laughs> that he actually about, makes films. <laughs> <laughs> Like the two just characters like, are, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Anxious Williamsburg residents. Yeah, yeah. just <laughs> Chris, thank you so much Thanks, for coming man. through, dude. Um so Ethnic Slut will will thank be you. in block B on Friday, May 12th at 7 p.m. Arguably the best time slot mm -hmm. to have. Just right after work, go straight to see Ethnic Slut. Go see um, Ethnic Slut. Yeah. And, yeah. and and tell your friends. Um Chris, thank you for coming through. <laughs> thank you for making the movie, and hopefully we'll be able to get you back on the show. For just a normal episode oh would love that thank you guys so much you, you're great host i love i love the dynamic uh you guys are gracious funny wow. and uh said a lot of nice things to me so how can i not like you all? <laughs> Plus, you're my boy. Hey, stop so it. thank you one neck thank you one neck <laughs> one neck <laughs> thank you you're welcome man <laughs> Up next, a chat with the writer, director, and lead actress of Last Night at Paris Blues, a character piece following a jazz singer on the eve of her final performance. And today our guest is... Fanny de la Chica. And you are the director of... Last Night at Paris Blues. And, and, and could you give us a brief description of your movie? So the movie is about um, a Latino-Hispanic singer, flamenco jazz yeah, singer, that she um, is a little alcoholic. And yeah. in the last day of um, her performance at Paris Blue, she needs to decide between love or her career as a singer. Amazing. And and just right off the bat, I, I you know, we're we're Harlem residents, uh, Justin and I, and I've certainly seen the Paris Blues before. But how how so? How did you uh, get to film in that location? Was it a you film in the day and you day for night? Like how did that go? It, it like first of all, it was a, a process to to film there because I became kind of part of the community at Paris Blues. Wow. So I used to go by myself and I had a very good relationship with the white dress. She's, gotcha. she was from, well, she's alive, but Paris Blues is close. Um, gotcha. she's from Dominican Republic. So 
they actually they used to to host uh, um, shoots there. Um, they film in the past like a film and a TV movie. So when mm-hmm. I came um, with this idea about to film there a short film, um, the white dress Judith, she told me that um, that for sure like um, I could like film there, but. It was during the day because they open at five. Okay. So we only have uh, actually um, very sh- short uh, period of time to to film. It was a challenge because uh, we used um, other locations to recreate uh, like the dressing room and, yeah. and other uh, locations that's supposed to be at Paris Blues. Was that a was that a Columbia dressing room or was that somewhere else? <laughs> yeah, no, I no, I, I just recognized it. I've cool, seen it. Yeah. I've seen. I've been in yeah. that room before. Um, yeah. Amazing. Um, well, I think I think the real strength of of the movie um, was how it looks um, visually. Yeah. It's very distinct. And I was just wondering, you know, you guys shot on film, and and did you no. have any visual? No, you didn't. Oh. This oh my is the God. second time I've been This had. is crazy. So there were little like <laughs> splices in it and little scratches and stuff that seemed no. so diegetic. I was like, it had to have been shot on film. Okay, so I didn't. Something the first good. idea was um, to to get the money. I was uh, talking with Kodak uh, because they. I I went to their lab because they actually were um hosting like um people and filmmakers into the into their lab they have a lab in i don't know in queens or something like that yeah mm-hmm. but um I, I i i didn't have the money i didn't get the grant from from colombia so i financed myself the the film oh. and i act myself because i didn't have the money to to pay yeah, the yeah. actress that i wanted I needed to pay her the fly and 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 the and an Airbnb and I didn't have money so so when I spoke with the DP I I, I told him like what we can do so everything looks uh, like film like vintage um so we we did a choice of the lighting mm-hmm. if you realize the lighting inside everything is red and blue. Yeah, we have a few films as a reference, right? Uh, in terms of color, um, Paris Blues itself, the 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 decoration of the of the club yeah. is very like the seventies. Um, so if you combine color and the production design, and then in post production, we we did um, we did a color correction and. That was um, going in this direction, like uh, like vintage seventies, and then yeah. and then a filter, like uh, which is yeah. fake, uh, yeah, yeah. for six, for sixteen millimeters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the aspect ratio that you do also in you you take in consideration this aspect ratio when you are filming, and then. You you do it in post production. Son of a bitch! Wow. You guys fooled me. I I, wow. I just want just to put it in perspective. We we did another one of these interviews, and I was like, "So you filmed?" And they were like, "No, we did not." 
I've been yeah. had two times. <laughs> it was a good choice because the the aesthetic uh, and the story and and yeah. and the location. I think needed. They all like, kind of yeah. seem like these things that are separated from time. I mean, in these wide shots, when we see uh, Paris Blues, and and did you say that that location is actually closed down now? It's no longer open. Is that what you said? The problem is that um, the owner Samuel he he was a he was a famous. Um, just a musician he won a few grammys and then he opened paris blues and he owned the whole building of paris blues but he died oh, during man. the pandemic right. so so did it change hands or did the establishment just completely shut down his son um had uh, have inherited the paris blues but uh, i am not sure why he I am not sure why he's not opening. Oh, weird. Okay. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I was going to ask rather, uh, the 16 millimeter choice, which of course is a very antiquated way of shooting films. It probably is more of like, um, it's carrying on with the motif, right? Like this place has been Mm. kind of, uh, like industry in a manner of speaking has kind of like grown up around it and it doesn't really look like anything else in its area. And the main character kind of seems like, this old like uh, I don't know like noirish kind of starlet you know who's like got a drinking problem and is like at the end of her rope and like isn't really like anything else in the world she's kind of like um in an antiquated like personality type too I mean these were all conscious decisions right to carry on these motifs of like antiquation I mean yeah they are conscious I it took a lot of time to to finish the script, um, to finish the film, because in the end it was a very personal story. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of versions because um, during this time I was um, I was going through the breakup with my boyfriend, and but actually this story was about not this ex boyfriend, but okay. my previous right. one. <laughs> But um, I was feeling very depressed, mm. first of all. And secondly, I think I was using alcohol sometimes mm. to sure. to kind of hide this depression. Um, yeah. And um, also I started to sing. And I was scared to... I was using singing as a way of expression because it's more, it's more immediately mm-hmm. that you can express yeah. feelings when you are singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But in the same time, I was um, afraid to sing in public. Yeah. Right. So the short and uh, my personal life have mm. been together. I think sifting and and now um, I am much much better, like emotionally and everything. Right. Because we're happy to hear that. I I sing uh, next week. I have a I release an album. Um, I am a singer now. It's my second profession. I am. I have a performance here in a festival. Even though this is a very personal film, um, we wanted to ask you, you know, kind of a, a signature question that we always ask all of our guests um, that we have on the show, which is if you could pair your film, if you could mm-hmm. play it next to another uh, film that you feel is thematically similar um, or has some of the same narrative moments, uh, what would that movie be? 
I don't know. I I I really like it, like uh, Blue Velvet, which cool. is not uh, Blue Velvet. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're speaking dance. That's language. one of dance favorites. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's not like this, but like Blue Velvet, like Main Street. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not the thematic is not the same. And then oh, there are a film from Armodovar, Tacones Lejanos. Uh-huh. Okay. Cool. You know, you know, like these kind of films that you have a singer as a main character, or yeah, a, yeah. or or a person that work uh, like performing, or or is an actress and she's yeah. all over the place. Yeah. She's kind of wrapped up in mystique, right? Like yeah. there's kind of like a grand mystery around her. Yeah, I, I was That's wondering so about cool. Almodovar. I definitely picked up on that. So it's 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 good to hear you say it. Um, well, Fanny, thanks for coming in. We know Thank it's late so in Spain, and so uh, you're the best. we appreciate you calling in. Thank you it was so great much, talking Fanny. with you. I mean, Thank that you. was incredible, and thank you for your film. Yeah, it was, yes. it was brilliant. Thank you. I hope you like it. <laughs> this has been another entry in our Columbia University Film Festival interview series. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoy what you heard. There'll be more of these on our feed, so please check them all out and give these filmmakers the attention they deserve. Also, feel free to peruse our mainline episodes. There's always something to see inside the morgue. Leave a rate and review wherever you get the show. We greatly appreciate it. Till next time.